0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Because you are all such lovely people, very many of you very frequently ask me, is there any way that we can support support you? You do so much and we really like you. And that's lovely to hear. And very often I say, no, 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 it's fine. Just, you know, share my Instagram or share my podcast or just tell me you like me. But now there actually is something that you can do to support me. And it is to become a member of Headstuff Plus. You have often asked me if I have a Patreon account. I do not. But I do now have a Headstuff Plus account. So if you go to headstuffpodcast.com, you can become a member of the Headstuff community, which means that for five euro a month or whatever you want to donate, you can pick a podcast that you want to support. And so say it was my podcast, you would click on basically, and then I would get 100% of your donation. Or if you listen to other podcasts, Podcasts on our network like um the Dubland Podcast or any of the podcasts on the network, we you could pick two of them and then we would get a 50-50 split, or you could pick three and we would get 33% each. And what you get for your money is access to all of the bonus content. I will now be doing bonus content, which will be behind this, you know, this subscription wall. And you will be part of our community where you will get to know us more and you will be able to support the work that we do here. And I guess, show your appreciation for the content that we put out. Headstuffpodcast.com and become part of the community. Hello and welcome to basically our special mental health month. Today we have a really important episode, I think, that many people are going to relate to. We are speaking to Dr. Harry Barry about anxiety and depression. Dr. Harry Barry, for those of you who don't know, is, uh, he's an author and a doctor of psychology and he's written very many books. One of his first books was called Flagging the Therapies and it was the the book that kind of got me into kind of realising that I needed to go to therapy and also accepting that, uh, that 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 was something that was okay and that it didn't kind of reflect on me as a person. Um, it's a very powerful book as many of his books are. I'm going to put a note just into the show notes to give you more information on his books and how many there are and where you can get them. Uh, But now I want to introduce you to Harry Barry. Dr. Harry Barry, thank you so much for joining us. I've had so many people messaging me on Instagram and on Twitter and also just my friends messaging me Experiencing high levels of anxiety and low mood and depression, which seems to be increasing in the last few months, I have to say. Now they're definitely not coming to me for help because I am also in that boat. What what is happening? Like, is this normal?
1: Yes, uh, I think the first thing I would say is Stephanie and uh, hello to all your listeners. Um, What what we're all experiencing at the moment, Stephanie, is is what I would call the signs of really toxic stress or chronic stress. So a great opening line for us uh, uh, today is that it's the situation that's abnormal, not us. And I think that's something we should all write down in, in big capitals and stick it somewhere in the house and look at it regularly. It's the situation that's abnormal, not us. Because this is, let's face it, uh, in my lifetime, and I have experienced many, many uh, um, periods of great stress for all kinds of different reasons in different parts of the world, even. And I, I, I can't recall really apart maybe from two years in Africa such a prolonged period of consistent stress in our lives. Would be it's like being living in a war situation or living living in a state of constant kind of high vigilance. And what happens to us, uh, Stephanie, uh, during those periods of time is our internal stress system, uh, particularly uh, which is run by our stress hormones, adrenaline and noradrenaline and cortisol, uh, they unfortunately begin to kind of get hyped up at times like this. And that leads to a lot of the symptoms of what we call chronic or toxic stress and oh, nice. if, I, if I if I kind of go through those, because I think they're very interesting, and many of us will experience these, we're tired a lot of the time. We're demotivated a lot of the time. We're more anxious than usual. We may even get more irritable than usual. We may find we're not sleeping as well. Uh, we We may find we're kind of struggling to get out there and do the things that we know uh, help us, like exercising, uh, eating properly. We're inclined to eat more poorly. We're inclined to drink a lot more. We're inclined to do a lot of what I would call um, uh, late-night surfing, where we're all the time uh, kind of looking at aimless stuff, whether it's on Netflix or on our social media feeds or whatever. And it's like as if we're in this constant state of high alert, high vigilance, And, you know, the reasons for this is quite obvious because we're all terrified of getting this vaccine. We're all terrified, particularly of spreading it to people we love. And then we're all worried about our jobs. And then so many uh, people, and I've talked to so many groups, uh, are working from home and they're struggling with that. They're struggling with the isolation and the loneliness. Maybe if they have small children, they're trying to cope with, with that. You might have a couple where both parties are working from home and there isn't enough room, there isn't enough space. So when you put all of these factors together and with the financial worries and and, and, and the it's the kind of never-ending nature of it. Like every time we seem to be getting somewhere, we, we immediately to go backwards. So when you, when you have those kind of situations, these are the kind of symptoms that we get. We get all these symptoms of chronic stress. So if we have a predisposition, for example, to be anxious, we get a lot more anxious. If we have a predisposition to feel a bit lower flat at times or a bit down at times, we're more likely to experience that. And if we're a person who gets very easily frustrated, which is the one that nobody ever talks about, everybody talks about being anxious, and uh, sometimes people come to me and they think their problem is anxiety, but actually it turns out that it's extreme frustration, but they never identify it. They think it's anxiety, but it's not. And all of these things contribute to to to, oh, to that that tsunami of, of 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 people coming to you, kind of saying, "Look, I'm really not coping. I'm struggling," and many many of these are women because let's see, let's be quite honest, Stephanie. At times like this, women take the brunt of this because they're the homemakers, they're the people who make things, uh, keep running in houses, so they have all those extra pressures um, of doing that, along with all these new pressures. So I, I, maybe that might. Uh, give an explanation as to why we're seeing so much of this
0: yeah i certainly relate to a lot of what you're saying there i just you know one of the one of the frustrations of uh this pandemic is how much we have all had to go online so i just wanted to flag with the listeners that um i am not in pre- in the presence of dr harry barry He's we're speaking over a phone line so that's why the sound might come in and out and i just also wanted to flag there that you Mentioned that we're all afraid of this vaccine, but I think you meant this virus. This virus. Um, sorry,
1: yes, of course, yes, that's what I meant. We meant it. And you know, and so,
0: uh, do you think that these? So if this is the if this is a normal situation, and obviously our bodies feel like you know are kind of, if you imagine before evolution when we were all on the savanna, there was a lion coming at us, and so we yeah. needed the adrenaline and we needed the cortisol and we got all amped up, and now because. There's no lion coming at us, but there is a virus out there. So our bodies are, you know, misinterpreting it or interpreting it correctly, but saying like we are under threat. How can we, while while acknowledging that there is a threat out there and we do have to be careful, how can we calm that part of us that is that is triggered, that is activated and that is doing all of these behaviours?
1: Yes, I, I think that's a really great, great question. Um, Could I talk a little bit about anxiety, firstly? Do you know what I mean? Maybe that that that, that matter, because that's one of the commonest things that people will experience. And what I believe that we're we're experiencing is is a a minor level of what we call PTSD or post traumatic stress disorder. And um, this is the kind of these are the kind of physical uh, and psychological symptoms that we feel when we're exposed to some kind of near death experience. And to a certain extent, any of us who have a major trauma of any kind, whether it was abuse or whether it was um, being assaulted or whether it was a serious accident or maybe having to deal with cancer or any of those very serious traumas to us, we often come out of those situations uh, and even when we're going through those situations, we'll find our whole stress system moving to what we call a hyper-vigilant state. And um, we often call, call this living in the watchtower and when we live in the watchtower, what it means is we spend all our life. Imagine in the Second World War when you were up and you were you were say up on your post uh, and you were essentially and you were shining a searchlight over and back and over and back, making sure that the enemy didn't get into your camp. But as oh, yes. I commonly explain to the person, uh, the real problem with this, of course, is that meanwhile the enemy is burning a tunnel underneath you and coming up okay. behind you, and th- that's what happens to us when. We actually fall into the trap, and it's the it's the trap of, of anxiety, the trap of general anxiety. And I'm going to talk about that first. I'll talk about the physical side later. When we're when we're uh, either suffering from what we call post traumatic symptoms or from being generally anxious, it really comes back to one word. It comes back to the word control. That we are actually we, people who are anxious live in a world where they they desperately want to be able to control life control all aspects of life. So, control is equal to looking for 100% certainty, order, security and perfection. And nearly all of us who are anxious are you, can, can are identify you that.
0: Sorry, are you, are you saying that not everyone wants total control? I know that I... Really can't really cope with change, and and I want control over every situation. But I feel so identified with that that I feel like that's how everyone feels.
1: Yeah, you know? no, it's not. Believe it or not, Stephanie, like uh, <laughs> people will vary. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay. uh, people who get very anxious are usually looking for absolute control. Like we all get anxious. We all like we all like to be in control to a certain extent. But if I'm if I'm suffering from being very anxious, I'm looking for a hundred percent certainty all the time. That's really yes. what I'm really looking for, more than anything else. I also I also deal a lot with people who, look for, who are, who are the 100% perfectionists, you know, who want it absolutely perfect. But I think the one that stands out, that screams out for everybody is what we call 100% certainty. And the reason for that is that... Uh, you know, behind anxiety is an irrational belief. And an irrational belief is a kind of a way of thinking about the world that develops often during our childhood, adolescence, early adult life. And we all have these rational and irrational beliefs. Everybody has them. I have them. You have them. Uh, But people with anxiety, their irrational belief is is a, 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 where they make some absolute demand. For example, I absolutely must not pass this virus on to somebody I love because if I do, then I am a failure. So the secret to anxiety is I make some impossible demand of myself and rate myself as a failure if I can't achieve it. And that's the key uh, belief behind anxiety. So what I have to do to, to to help people in those situations is to try to get them to retrain their their mind to looking for, instead of looking for absolute certainty, you, you, their the, the rational belief is, I would prefer if, uh, uh, not to pass this virus on to somebody I love, and I will do everything I can not to do so. But whether this happens or not is really, to uh, many extents, out of my control. In other words, I can't really guarantee that the person I love will not pick up COVID from somewhere. You know what I mean? It may not be from me, but uh, in some senses, I nearly believe uh, if I'm anxious that if they get it in some way, I'm a failure. Do you know what I mean? So it's this but I do absolute demand the all the mes- time.
0: I do think that the messaging around COVID has been like, this is personal responsibility. We all have, we all have responsibility. Wash your hands. The... the, the the barrier to someone picking up COVID is in your hands and you do have control. Well, that's how I've experienced it. So I do feel this level of, well, Tony Houlihan and, and the HSE and the government have told me that there is a way of me stopping the virus from getting to someone else. And if I do pass it on, it is a fault of mine. And therefore, I have failed. To yeah, do the and, and
1: actually, I, I have to say, I would be extremely critical in some senses, but I understand why they're doing it. You see, the public health message is about creating fear. It's actually about creating anxiety. Because we we only, you know, if you think about it, Stephanie, our behaviour is very much associated with how we feel. So if I feel afraid, then what am I going to do? I'm going to listen very carefully to those messages and try and do them uh, as best I can. The problem we have is if people begin to believe... That in some way, if somebody close to me gets it, then I must be responsible. That's yes, where somebody. the problem starts. You know what I mean? Because we remember the second part of the demand is uh, somebody I love mustn't get COVID. Because if they do, I am a I failure. Am a failure. So in um, other words, um, it's my fault, uh, which of course is is for the birds. Do you know what I mean?
0: So, are you saying that, like, in all, like, take pretend COVID isn't happening? That, like, all yeah. other anxieties are 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 maintained by the belief that if the thing I'm anxious about happens, then it's my fault.
1: Yes, that's the key. Okay. So, so uh, that's really, all, far, all general anxiety, Stephanie, and all trauma anxiety have the same kind of demand. Like the, the demand in trauma, uh, in PTSD, is very similar. If we listen carefully to it, I must be certain that I or somebody close to me is not exposed to any situation where they become seriously ill or die. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's kind of very much back to the same demand. Do you know what I mean? I must not pass on this virus to somebody I love because if I do, I'm a failure. So it's free. But let's take a very simple example. I must get my driving test if not I'm a failure. You know, I must get an okay. excellent number of points in my leave cert if not I'm a failure. You know, I, I must be seen by my boss as uh, being very effective if not I'm a failure. So it's all this, this absolute demand. Do you know what I mean? It's total demand. So I know my boss must 100% think that I'm the bee's knees. Uh, I must never get anything wrong. So, it, I, And the second part of it is key. It's, it's the, I'm, I, If they don't, I'm a failure. Because what we're dealing with there is the whole world of self-rating. So if I were to give you... Um, the following little uh, little example. Suppose I got you to draw a line between one and a hundred, Stephanie. And one means that you're, you're crap and a hundred means that you're fantastic. And I asked okay. you to rate yourself between one and a hundred. So just do that just in your in head general. or do it on paper there.
0: Okay, okay, just in general or in a particular... In, in a particular
1: in, no, in general, just in general. Okay. okay. Now, I also now want you to rate, where do you think other people rate you between one and a hundred? <sighs>
0: Um, okay.
1: Okay. Now, uh, something goes wrong and somebody you love gets COVID. Where do you rate yourself then? Okay. And word goes out that somebody you love has got COVID. Where do you think other people will rate you if they heard this news? And let me give you a few other examples now. You're diagnosed with depression, or severe anxiety, yeah. where do you rate yourself then if word goes out that you have it? And Where, where do, you do think, I rate
0: myself? Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Where, and where do you think other people would rate you if they heard you had depression and were on uh, medication for depression? Okay. Okay. Or somebody, suppose you're a parent and, and word comes out that you're a terrible parent. Word goes around that you're a terrible parent. Where would you rate yourself then? And where would other people rate you? Very interesting questions, aren't
0: they? It's really hard to imagine, it. like, it, when I'm rating myself, my rating of myself is so tied to how other people rate me.
1: Exactly. So it's very interesting, Stephanie. Some people are more self-raters. In other words, they don't really care what other people think, you know what I mean? They yeah. just rate themselves they're really hard on themselves and other people are more uh, more affected by what other people think of them we call yeah, those they're... other racers you know in other words <laughs> they're more worried about what other people think than. yeah but the interesting thing is that can you rate a human being at all
0: but I don't know whether we should, but we do all the time on no, everything. No, and that's, like not, our that's
1: not a question, Stephanie. This is, I know okay. this is hard to understand, but actually this is the secret to mental health and the secret to anxiety and a core thing for depression. So it's I would correct. go so far to say if our children learned this little nugget, we might go, uh, We might might. our mental health would improve dramatically. All of us, The whole lot of us, by the way.
0: So, so what's the lesson to learn?
1: The lesson is teach. that human beings cannot be rated. Because let let's let me give you an example. Have you got brothers and sisters? No. Okay, well suppose you have have you any children?
0: No. I no. have a half I don't know. I have I have cousins.
1: You've cousins, right. Well let's let's suppose that I told you to put uh, uh, two or three of your cousins on on the couch and mm-hmm. I want you to rate one over the other.
0: But in what terms? In their.
1: I want you to raise them as a human being over one oh, wow. over the other.
0: That's not very fair. Okay.
1: But of course it's not fair because you can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, the reason, Stephanie, is the reason we can't raise human beings is because we're all different and special and unique. I mean, you're a beautiful, special person. There's only one of you in this world. And, and we, we, all, like, we all cherish the fact that you are in this world. But there is but only one of you. You know, so I can't, you can't, I can't compare you to anybody else, because you, all the characteristics that make up you are absolutely unique. Does that make
0: sense? Okay, Harry, but you're, you've done so much work in this field, and you're a very compassionate, empathetic, wonderful man. But if you push me on that, I would rate my cousins, and I would, I live in a no, world where you know, I, I am rated against you, I, I other people.
1: I would challenge you though, on what grounds? Because if you say. Uh, I can I can rate my 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 cousin's behaviours or actions. Now we're talking about something different. Okay. So but the, the, the father of CBT. The father of psychotherapy really was Albert Ellis. He created CBT, and he was, okay. and he 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 cut this literally 50, 70 years ago, when he said uh, the problem with this whole thing of self-rating or self-esteem or whatever like that, he said that we need all to develop unconditional self-acceptance. And what he meant by that is that we, we accept ourselves as the wonderfully special, unique human beings that we are, that cannot be rated or judged or measured, but that we can definitely rate, judge, or measure our actions, So if you said to me, if you said to me, I went out and had a great time, didn't wear a mask, drank like a fish uh, and did all the wrong things and and then I got COVID and I passed it on to somebody else. Well, I would say, yes, we we can definitely hold you responsible for your actions. Does that make sense? Okay. But we're not going to rate you as a human being because this is where the problem really lies because... Um, Think of the idea of failure, success or failure. Can can human beings be defined as simply a success or as a failure?
0: I mean, I know what you want me to say is no, but I... (laughs) <laughs> you see, you're very. Rich, to,
1: and this is why you're no, struggling. Uh, you, 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 believe I, it or not, almost everybody, uh, Stephanie, says the same thing They say, "Yes, but you know, but I think that person is a success, and I think that person is a failure." So and I,
0: answer- I understand the value, but I what I have to what I'm trying to say is that, or what I'm what I'm trying for you to hear is that the reason. I understand all of these things, but that's not the world that I live in. And so even though I can say to myself every morning in the mirror, you are valuable, you are worth, you are, you know, you are worthy. I still live in a world where I am, I am judged and I am rated and my whole career can be cancelled because of one wrong action. And so it's very hard to separate your your true self from your actions because the world is seeing you for just the things that you do because they don't live inside my head and know that like my intentions are good or or all of those things and so the anxiety and the depression comes from the fact that I can't I don't represent the world doesn't see me as that you know if the world all had your point of view I would be seen as this like perfect child of the universe who is special and unique and should be cherished. And yes, I might do bad things, but that does not mean that I am a bad person. But that's not how the world works. And that struggle is really difficult because, because it's not a very nice place to be sometimes.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. And um, so what you're really saying to me, uh, Stephanie, is that we are therefore doomed to spend our lives feeling ashamed or depressed exactly. or anxious. Well, that's that we, we don't that have creates. the power within ourselves. You see, I, I belong to the group that feels that we all have the power to change ourselves. But we have to work okay, on so, it. This isn't something okay. you just get up in the morning and have, by the way. This is something that you work on. Uh, for example, what I would get people to do. Um, firstly, it was it was beautifully put. Could I, could I maybe tell you the story of one lady who said to me... Uh, I get it. She said, what you're asking me to do, is she drew a circle, and in the middle of the circle, she drew a dot. Yeah. So she said, so what you're saying is that dot in the middle there is me. And that's inviolate. And I'm not going to allow, from this moment on, anyone else to influence that dot. Okay? But everything else in the circle around that dot is up for grabs. So if people want to judge whether I, I, Stephanie, I'm really good at my job or terrible at my job, uh, whether I made a mistake or didn't make a mistake, I, they're entitled to their opinion and I'm entitled to challenge it back if necessary. But that central core dot, as this lady said, very, very wisely is me and that's not up for grabs. So it's like putting a little uh, almost shell around that central core of myself and saying, you know, if people want to judge something about me, I'm more than happy to take them on. If they think I'm, uh, f- I failed at that job, then they're entitled to their opinion. And maybe sometimes they're right. Maybe I did fail at that job. But remember, in life, we can't, be, we can't be a failure as a person. We can only fail at a task at a particular moment in time. And the only real failure in life is not getting, better, getting back up again and having another shot at the same task. Can you see the yeah. difference? Um, it's it's a fundamental change of thinking, Stephanie. And it's that speak? change of thinking that is desperately needed if, we, if we're if we going to really challenge our anxiety, our general anxiety. Do you know what I mean? That and it's kind of give you a little exercise to deal with control in a minute. First.
0: Okay, I'll come back to the exercise and control because I do like the exercises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. But can I give speak? you a little exercise for this?
0: Yeah, but can I just ask you because yeah. I've had a res—I've had a moment—and and then you can give me the exercise. But do you speak Spanish?
1: I don't. Or do you know I about have Spanish? a couple of words, so, uh, but very few. Yeah.
0: Something that is kind of striking me is that in Spanish there are two verbs to be. One is ser, s e r, and one is estar. Right. Um, and they both mean to be. And so if I say so to say I am, you would say soy, or you would say estoy, and you can say soy you can say i am happy in both of those verbs but one of them means i am i am happy right now like th- i am happy in this moment and one of them means i am happy as a person like i i am inherently a happy person yeah. and it has no reflection and it's kind of like what that woman was saying like one of them is one of the verbs is about who you inherently are and the other one is about how you are feeling and those two things so if i say in spanish he is bad yeah. I can, with the verb, differentiate He, the thing that is happening now is bad and I'm not saying that he is a bad person. Very good. I wish that we had that differentiation
1: in English. No, but I think that's a lovely way of putting it, Stephanie. Do you know what I mean?
0: I want to talk to you about another podcast on our network which is called Sissy That Pod. If you like RuPaul's Drag Race, you're not going to need me to do any more explaining. But if you don't know it and you are interested in watching it, RuPaul's Drag Race is a drag show. It's on Netflix. It's everywhere. RuPaul is a queen. And Sissy That Pod, watch the episodes and review them, pull them apart, pick the legs off them. It's very entertaining. James and Kean are hilarious and know, seem to know an awful lot about drag um, in a way that is fun and insightful. So if you like RuPaul's Drag Race, you're going to love this podcast. Check it out.
1: Come on, Sissy That Pod, let's get sickening. Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning
0: show, RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars, Sissy.pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy.pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. You can give me the So exercise. what
1: we need to do is, and this is the real key, we have to separate who we are from what we do. Okay. That's the key to mental health. Believe it. That's the whole key to mental health, by the way. Because the day that we decide that we're going to be comfortable with ourselves and work hard on, on that, but learn to accept and take responsibility for whatever actions or whatever things we do in our lives... It doesn't mean, for example, people have this idea that unconditional self-acceptance means I can just do what I want, do you know what I mean, and I'm just a wonderful person. No, there's a huge responsibility if I have genuine unconditional self-acceptance to to take responsibility for my behaviours. So uh, so what I do in terms of COVID obviously has an impact on everybody around me. So uh, instead of those saying I'm a failure if somebody gets COVID, we're going to come back to this certainty thing in a minute. It's better to yeah. say, no, I have done my best in my life to to try to mitigate the chances of it happening, but I cannot control what life throws at me other than that, you know, whether a person picks it yeah. up from somewhere else. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And this is key to anxiety in general, because I know we're talking about COVID uh, a lot now today, but most of the people that I would see... Would would have this huge anxiety all the time about not being good enough. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. All the time, kind of saying, you know, I, you know, if, if if that goes wrong, what do people think? You know, so it's all about what other people think and what I think of myself. Uh, if I could change that thinking, because that's the key to the whole thing, uh, uh, Stephanie. If I can change how I think, then that has a profound effect on how I feel and what I do. So this I is about that I'm not I doomed to think like this for the rest of my life. I can choose if I want to stay in the world of my irrational belief and believe that I can be judged and that uh, that people can judge me and that I must accept both my own negative judgment of myself and other people's negative judgments of myself. If I want to live in that world for the rest of my life, I can stay there. Yeah. But it's a horrible place to be. And I'm doomed to be constantly anxious and constantly down and constantly under pressure so, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to say, "No, I'm going to spend the next six months really seriously challenging this"?
0: Okay, so challenging
1: the challenging this that whole idea that I can be a failure. So, failure. we, we uh, maybe if I give you a little bit more insight into this, we all have a, a, an internal critic called the pathological critic. This okay. is the voice in your head, uh, um, Stephanie. That we're all I know it very well. We're all we all know so well. Yeah, that little sucker inside in our brain who tells us you're you're stupid, you're you're weak, you're abnormal, you're odd, you're weird. I mean, thirteen girls in Rose said at one time. I'm weird. I'm weird. I'm weird. I'm weird. They all have social anxiety. They all yeah. thought in social situation, I am weird. People will think I am weird. So if I, this little voice in my head is formed during our, our upbringing, childhood, early adult life, and things that happen to us. And the problem with the PC in our head, this internal bloody critic in our head, he's a bully, he's vague, and he talks rubbish. Okay. Okay? Now, once we identify this little fecker, he is your enemy. He is the guy who's causing you to feel that you can be judged, you can be racist. Okay. So, what the trouble is, that we listen to this guy all the time. Why? Because he has complete control of our lives. So... Um, on the other hand, uh, suppose we were to write down on paper every mm-hmm. time this guy came out with some garbage saying that uh, you're, you're just weird or you're just a failure or you're, you're just useless, you're good for nothing, you're fat, you're ugly. You know, whatever the particular horrible things that this guy says to us, okay? Yeah. Suppose we were to write it down and on paper challenge it. Then something very interesting happens. That we all, you see, certainly have an emotional brain and a rational brain. Okay. And our emotional brain is much more powerful than our rational brain. So when and something is, is going on to... in our mind, our emotional mind is winning the battle. Okay. So the okay. PTSD has a ball. I often use this example. And it's a lovely example. Suppose you were a CEO of a company, and there was a yeah. manager down on the on, on the on the factory floor who's a total bully. And it was mm-hmm. a, a lovely little girl who who he picked on and he drags this poor girl up in front of the CEO and says, this girl is just a total failure. And the CEO says, well, what do you mean she's a failure? He said, you don't argue with me, says the bully. She's just a failure. So the CEO would, would then say to the girl, well, what do you say? You know, And the girl would say, well, if he says I'm a failure, then I must be a failure. But of course, the smart CEO uh, let's assume she's in, she's in charge. It's a girl in charge, For one's not a man and fed up of men being in charge of everything.
0: Uh, it's a girl, and she
1: turns around to, to the girl who's working on the, the female CEO says, well, well, what are you meant to have failed at? And now the whole story comes out. The girl says, well, I've been making some mistakes on the line. So the CEO says, well, maybe it's time to, to upskill you a little bit. And uh, the bully then turns around and says, But what about getting rid of her? So, we, so, so he turns around to the bully and says, Back in your box, I'm taking charge of this situation. Now, the okay. CEO is your rational brain. Okay. The so bully, paper, the manager, the bully, is your emotional brain or your PC.
0: And when we use the paper, we allow the CEO exactly. to intervene.
1: Exactly. And, and and Take start to challenge this Well, can a human being be a failure at all? The answer is of course they can't. But can they fail as a task? Absolutely yes. Can you see in the difference? Yeah, I do see the difference. So in other words, I would get the person to write down I can I have I can say that as a task at a particular moment of time, but can it be a failure as a person as this is a form of rating? And remember if, if 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 I'm going to have unconditioned self acceptance, I'm not allowed to rate myself. however, um, um, uh, I can fail at a task, though. And remember, the only failure in life is not getting back up again, because I've talked to some of the top sportsmen in the country, by the way. uh, And they'll all tell you the same thing. It's not about success. It's about when you fail, you accept that you fail at your task at that moment in time. You work hard to try to find out what did you fail at and then you have another goal. And eventually you get there you know not because you're a success but because hard work got you there
0: it's just sometimes having the you know if you're feeling low and you feel and like even in the pandemic feeling tired and like you don't have like with this third lockdown like i sometimes feel like i this might be the one that breaks me like i don't know if i have it in me to get up again, and to
1: yeah, no, to I can summon. totally understand. Well, uh, can I give you some? I come back to the control in a minute now. You can see how you can see how how um profound though what I've asked, what I've gone through with you there is. If you could yes, change I, yeah. that, um, if I I'll, can I'll come separate down in a minute uh, who I am, uh, if I
0: can separate who I am from what I do,
1: exactly, and you I do won't. this on paper over three to six months.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that'll keep me busy during the lockdown.
1: And I'm telling you now, you'll be a surprise how uh, I have a lovely book called Self Acceptance, which does this in detail. By the way, for anybody who's really interested, you know what I mean. It just takes that one area alone and challenges the whole. The whole. What's area. it called? It's called self acceptance.
0: Self acceptance. Um, I actually might come back to talking about your books because I read flagging the therapies the first before I ever went to therapy and it was the thing that allowed me to accept that therapy was something that I needed and would be beneficial for me so for any listeners there we should, um, I'll mention Dr Harry Barry's books at the end of the podcast but you can continue there
1: Yeah, so um, uh, can I just give you a little bit of advice though just vis-a-vis the lockdown, this is advice I've given to lots of people by the way and, and, and companies and groups and all the rest of it here's some practical tips just for for surviving the next three months, okay. Okay. Um, firstly, the lifestyle change that nobody wants to talk about because they're boring, but actually are the ones that actually really matter. So the okay. first thing is create a structure in your week. Really, really important. So Monday to Friday should be one part of your structure, and weekend should be a second part of the structure. So you you try to live your life as if you were working normally, say, going into work, do you know what I mean, in your normal in your normal way. So Monday yes. to Friday, you try to get up at the same time and go to bed at the same time as if you were working in a normal scenario. Yes. And then when you come to Friday, do what you would normally do on a Saturday and Sunday, in other words, the, 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 uh, you, can take, you can take the, you know the way we'd normally relax on, this on a Friday. You should have a special meal on a Friday evening, exactly the same thing as if you were at the end of the week and you were, you were letting off steam. You know that kind of way? Yes. Now, what that structure does, it keeps you kind of in contact with, you, with the way your life would normally be. Because the danger in, in lockdown is that we just our lives just drift into this morass And there's no structure and there's no kind of form to it. And it just seems to be an endless long term going on and on and on. So the second thing I would say to you is uh, make sure that you get the following lifestyle things right. Okay. number one, make sure you get enough sleep. I cannot talk about everyone talks about exercise, but nobody's talking about sleep. We need a minimum of eight hours sleep. So try to go to bed uh, at, a, at a decent hour of the night. Get up at the same time every day if you can. Try and make sure you get a minimum of eight hours sleep. Uh, um, uh, so this idea of, uh, because if you don't get enough sleep, by the way, suppose you you weren't getting enough sleep in the early part of the night. Uh, that's the bit that actually has you exhausted the following day because you're not clearing your memories properly. Uh, okay. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your immune system. Uh, uh, And in the second four hours of sleep, and this is the one that probably catches a lot of people, in the second four hours of your sleep, you detach your emotions from the memories of the previous day. So if I'm very anxious going to sleep and I don't get enough sleep, predicting the second four hours during what we call REM sleep or rapid eye movement or dream sleep, uh, we find that we don't detach our emotions from the memories of the previous day. So we wake up even more anxious the following day. Oh, wow. Okay or uh, yeah. are, are more frustrated you know what I mean or more annoyed or more down so 8 hours sleep really important if you want to talk to me about sleep hygiene I can But just 8 hours sleep for the moment get out and exercise for 30 minutes to an hour as best you can every day get out into the fresh air because the light is better for us uh, than trying to go to trying to do things inside exercise so get out into the fresh air as best you can for about an hour a day even if it's just a, a walk and just do it. You know what I mean. Don't don't come up with excuses. If you know, I'm just
0: saying. Is it okay if it's if it's even just like a walk?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You don't have to be doing that uh, murdering around like that. Just get out and for a, a good, reasonably brisk walk. It doesn't have to be run around the place. Just a nice brisk walk out in the fresh air, uh, preferably with if if, if you have a uh, person with you, family with you, if you have somebody around. Um, if not, socially distance friends or something like that. But whatever, get out and exercise. Uh, The next thing is try to make sure you eat eat reasonably well because crap in, crap out. You know what I mean? Your brain Mm -hmm. needs proper food. We all know what we need to do. It's just that we're not doing it. Cut out all Mm -hmm. the rubbish out of your diet and try and uh, 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 try and eat good, decent food during this period of time. Alcohol, I would suggest strongly to everybody, no alcohol Monday to Friday. None. Right, okay out.
0: That's not an issue for me, but I do know that yeah. a lot of people are struggling with that. Um, yeah. That it seems. But to I think if you kind of if you them.
1: kind of make up your mind, no alcohol Monday to Friday, and then on Friday evening, I'm allowed to have my couple of glasses of wine or a glass of beer, whatever it is, with my with my meal, with my company, with with my family, whatever like that. Um, and in other words, again. Put manners on it. Do you know what I mean? Don't let it take over during this period of time. Because if I drink a lot, I, I'll be more anxious the following day, I'll be more depressed the following day, I'll, I'll, and so on and so on. And The next thing is try and cut out the amount of bad news we listen to. We can listen to bad news all day long if we want. We can get overwhelmed by this. So pick one or two news feeds or, or, or preferably um uh, good sources like maybe your local or your either your local radio station or maybe your national radio station. Whatever you use. pick, out one or two programmes, listen to those for the day, and then turn the damn thing off. Switch off your negative. Uh, social media feeds coming in, or or you know all these news feeds coming in all the time. Shut them down. You don't need all this crap coming in at time. And try as well as best you can. Great question, a great thing to do is your phone in charge of you, you're in charge of your phone. Are you spending all your time scrolling, 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 scrolling? Are you spending all your time on social media, social media? Uh, Put down the amount of time that the more you do this, the more, and we can get into our own echo chambers, you know what I mean? Where all we're hearing is the negative stuff we want to hear. So, really try and limit the amount of exposure to technology as best you can. Now, I know we're stuck with this Zoom and Skype and all this stuff at the moment, but try to do it as best you can. Nobody should be working after half five in the daytime. It, you should shut that down. Do you know what I mean? This nonsense, I just want to do a little bit later in the evening. If you can at all, shut it down. See, all of these things, Stephanie, make a huge difference to how we feel. If we're not getting all this garbage coming in, if we're getting plenty of exercise, if we're getting proper sleep, if we're eating reasonably well, if we're not drinking to much, well, our mental health is going to be ten times better.
0: I've taken down that list that you've written now and I, I'm going to admit it does seem a little bit overwhelming all of the things sometimes I do have to work uh, late in the evening because my boss is in Los Angeles we're in a different time zone yeah um, if you're am, forced
1: to do that that's fine do you know what I mean but I'm trying to, to I think it's more about it being right. conscious of these things
0: yeah. knowing that the and we only have a couple of minutes left but just to say that like this list obviously if we were able to incorporate all of these things not to beat ourselves around the yeah, head if we again if we we're can, not. To you're not a failure if them. you
1: don't do them. These are suggestions that we try to bring into our life to improve our life. I, I want to give you the control exercise though, uh, uh, Stephanie. Before we finish.
0: Okay, let's finish on that. So
1: now, let's finish on that. So the, if if you're somebody, uh, we're going to have a bit of crack with this now. If you're somebody who guy gets very anxious because they can't control life. Or you get very frustrated because you can't control life. Um, here's a great think, here's, frustration okay. means that um, I want the world to change to suit me, and I don't like discomfort. That's what frustration okay. is. Well, so, I, 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 I have so much fun with people. Frustration. The frustration is the world must change to suit me. You know, I want people and situations to change to suit me. It's not meant to be like this. Why should I have to work this crap? Do you know this kind of yeah. Um, and lots and lots of people think they're anxious, by the way, but they're not. They're just frustrated. They just they just can't stand this situation. You know. So if you're a person who can who struggles to control life, um, uh, here uh, or if you're a person who gets very anxious because they can't control things in your life, uh, here's a great exercise. It's called the coin exercise. So what I want okay. you to do is I want you to list off 10 things that you love to do every day.
0: Okay. Do you want me to okay. list them? I like, yeah, yeah you them can down. list
1: them off in your own good time. Things you really enjoy doing. But let's take two or three. Let's, suppose, let's take a very good humored one. Suppose I love watching series on Netflix. Okay. Okay, let's take, let's take that as a typical uh, example. And maybe I like, uh, I, I, I like maybe going for a good brisk walk or a run. Do you know what I mean? Every day. Or maybe I like listening to certain kind of music every day. Let's take those three as an example. Well, here's how the exercise would run. For four weeks, and by God, is this a fun exercise. For four weeks, every time I want to watch every episode of a series or something in Netflix, I have to toss a coin. And oh, I can God,
0: watch it, the coin
1: decides. hails I miss it, and I can't watch it in repeat. <sighs> Why would you do that to yourself? It's desperate, isn't it? <laughs> That's on top of the lockdown, Harry. You're going to send me to an asylum. But the reason for this is that the coin is 50-50. So there's a, it's all about, see, control is about percentages. 100% certainty is all about percentages. Uncertainty is all about percentages. So what I'm trying to do, I want 100%. So in life, there's no such thing. The only two things 100% certain in life are debt and taxes.
0: But, so, it, but there is a 100% certainty that I can watch a series on Netflix if that's what yes, I enjoy doing. but
1: what I'm doing is the reason that we look for absolute certainty in big things is that we stupidly believe that we have 100% certainty and absolute control over all the little things. is that right? Right. So I'm going to blow it to pieces.
0: Oh God, okay. And then now, what should it, I learn at the end of the month? Now,
1: it's very, very interesting. The people who get better of their anxiety, who work with me, do this exercise really well and learn from it. The people with frustration last a week. <laughs> <laughs> and they come back to me and they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it after a week. I didn't need to do it for four weeks. I, I kind of understood it, and I looked at them, and I say, "How long was the exercise for?" It was for four weeks. Why do you think it was for four weeks? And they started to look at it. And the reason that they, they the reason that they actually got frustrated was because they don't, didn't like the hassle. It wasn't nice. It was uncomfortable. It wasn't meant to be. I meant to be able to do all of these things. <laughs> So why
0: why are the people with anxiety able to manage it for four weeks?
1: Well, the person with anxiety, because they want to get rid of their anxiety. They want to learn how to handle it. And you can't handle anxiety as long as you look for absolute certainty. Okay. So this teaches you that with the toss of a coin, I can wreck your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to learn something from it.
1: But you learn an awful lot because you begin to learn. Do you know I can learn to adapt? The magic word. So sometimes it can go my way and sometimes it won't go my way. But, you know, I learned to cope. I learned to adapt when things don't go my way. So I learned to accept that in life, sometimes life, the percentages will go my way and sometimes they won't go my way. But I have to and learn to adjust that, to adapt to that. So I stopped looking for absolute certainty all the time. I accept that there's always a percentage chance that something might will or won't work out, and I become I more what we call resilient. I become more adaptable. I, I, I become less demanding that something must absolutely not happen. So let's take covert. Instead of demanding absolutely. That, uh, that somebody I love must not get COVID. Suppose I were to say, look, I would. Of course, I would uh, prefer if somebody did not get COVID. But I have no control over all the possible things that could happen in that person's life, from wh- from which they could get COVID. It could be the smallest thing, somebody coming a fraction too close at the wrong time, uh, maybe a person dropping their mask at the wrong time. Can you control all those things? In fact, many many people don't even know where they got their COVID. Yeah. So in other words, it's learning to accept that I can't control all those variables. So the best I can do is do the best I can in my own life to do what I have to do. And after that, it's out of my control.
0: Gotcha. The
1: and just before we finish, it.
0: can I just ask that on that control exercise, is that something that someone could do without the without being, seeing a therapist or that they can just do for themselves? Or I should, have
1: had okay. hundreds of people doing this uh, thousands of people at this stage doing this, who uh, who have never seen me or anyone else from a therapist. You know what I mean? They're just doing this exercise to to learn how to deal with control and learn. And of course, I, I've actually had people writing to me saying, "Thank you for this. i my anxiety levels are way way down because they stopped waiting themselves." I got a lovely letter one time from a solicitor who, who wrote it and never saw her life. She read one of my books, I think Anxiety and Panic, which is a great book for anybody with anxiety. Uh, and she wrote to me to tell me that she had been doing all the exercise and her life was completely transformed.
0: That is a, that that's a solid um, endorsement of the books. And, uh, um, by the way, Hardenbury. there's another
1: wonderful, by the way, I meant to say this, there are, tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands out there who are suffering from panic attacks and phobias. Yeah. And there's a wonderful yeah. uh, exercise called flooding, which is done in anxiety and panic and in uh, emotional resilience, uh, which teaches you how to learn how to deal with these and get rid of phobias and panic attacks out of your life. We could talk maybe another time, maybe about those uh, Definitely I
0: think we definitely should I these exercises are f- really uh, fascinating me and what I'm going to do now is I'm going to let people know the names of your books, what ones are available um, and I'll put a link up to them in the show notes and we might have you back uh, in a couple of yeah, weeks to talk and I, about I have a website some of the dot other exercises
1: .com, which has videos by the way showing you how to get rid of Uh, panic attacks and um, general anxiety social anxiety like we could talk about another time about social anxiety stephanie because another believe it or not we can get rid of panic attacks phobias and social anxiety incredibly easy if we understand what they are and know what to do
0: that's an incredible resource to have uh on the website uh thank you so much and thank you for your time today and i'm sorry for the uh the technical glitches. Not at um, all,
1: Stephanie. It was an absolute pleasure to chat to you and uh, hopefully some of the things we talked about will be of help to many of your listeners there.
0: So. Well, they were certainly a help to me and um, I'll let you know how I get on with the coin challenge. Thank you so yeah, much,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Basically. Um, I do really appreciate you listening to the podcast. It makes it all worthwhile, particularly when you get in touch and when you share, or if you could make the effort to go and like it or subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, that really does make a difference. Um, Or there is now a new option in how you can support me. Uh, You can go to headstuffpodcast.com and become part of our community, which means that for five euro a month or however much you want to give, you can become part of the Head Stuff community and get extra bonus content and support. You pick basically any of the podcasts on our network and you can support my podcast 100% or you can split it with another podcast and then we would get half of your subscription money or you could go and pick three and then we get 33% each and it's a great way to get bonus content obviously to get to know the podcasters more and to become a more intimate member of the community Um, I would really appreciate if you could do that. So if that's not something that you're able to do right now, just share, share the podcast with someone, send it to someone you think will find it interesting or let me know how you found it on Instagram. As ever, our graphic design is by Kahalo Gara and our music is by Only Ruin. And we are part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network and we film at the podcast studios. Uh, You don't really need to know where that is, but it's in Dublin. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.